0: And we join in the line now by Nadir Token, analyst at 27.4 Investment Managers. Good morning, Nadir. Good morning, Sakina, and good morning to your listeners. Nadir, let's start off by uh, talking about the JSC uh, corporate cash balances. What can you tell us there? Yes, Sakeen. I mean, obviously in line with declining business confidence and, uh, you know, the, 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 the dwindling economy, um, you know, over the last 18 months to two years, we started to see corporate cash balances expanding at quite a rapid rate. So if we look at the cumulative number, um, the, the full JSE has around uh, 610 billion rand of cash on their balance sheets. And, uh, you know, the, the, the top 100 companies have just over $400 billion in cash, of which the top 10 companies of, are on the JS. They account for almost 200 billion dollars of that cash. I mean, if we look at Cecil alone, the number is 53 billion uh, rand. If we look at uh, if, if if we look at MTN and Steinhoff, those are both over 30 billion rand respectively. So, you know, I think much to government's dismay and much to the economy's detriment, companies are accruing cash at quite a rapid rate and they're not reinvesting it in the South African economy. We see business confidence numbers are coming out later this week and we expect yet another week reading for, uh, no, for October and November. Um, and this is off the base of a 20 year lows in business confidence. So, and all cash which is being, which is being invested by JSC corporates is undoubtedly being taken offshore. I mean, we see in almost 100 billion rand in cash taken offshore by JSC corporates in the last 12 months. Um, you know, so, so any investment which is happening is happening outside of South Africa's borders, Sakina, and that's why we're seeing very weak economic growth and I think Companies have continuously reiterated that they're waiting to see uh, where government's one trillion rand infrastructure spending goes before they have the confidence to follow suit and invest in the South African economy. So. But, you know, this poses the question, what about investors on the JSE? You know, can they expect uh, increased cash from, from these companies? And I think given the extent to how, uh, to, to how circumspect these companies are, um, you know, we may see special dividends being announced or possibly share buybacks in order to support share prices. You know, we all know that uh, the JSE is trading around 18 times earnings. It's uh, a, quite a big premium to its historical average. And, uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of volatility creep into markets on the back of what the Fed is expected to do and how volatile emerging market currencies are, where commodity prices are, and on the back of that, we're seeing a lot of foreign activity in our market, which is hyping up Volatility quite a bit. So, in order to support share prices and bring a bit more stability to the markets, you know, I think we could see special dividends declared. Although, you know, companies are very are are very uh, cautious around doing these kind of things because, um, you know, once you declare these kind of, once you start declaring big dividends, uh, you know, the market could punish them for cutting back on these dividends in future. So, possibly special dividends or share buybacks could be declared. Mm. And then um, the platinum price, Nadir, just looking at it, $849 an ounce uh, right now. The woes continue there. Yeah, look, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a woeful story into 2015, hasn't it? I mean, we've seen the price come off about 30%. And uh, you know we don't see we see a lot of structural headwinds for the sector moving into the future. Unfortunately for the South African economy, and I say unfortunately for the South African economy because we're now by far the largest, the world's largest platinum producer, and we're increasing production by 20% uh, in 2015 alone, off 2014 levels. And this is in a time where uh, Chinese jewelry demand is off about 9%, and we all know what's been happening with the VW emission scandal and the auto. The automotive market and the jewelry market account for around 75% of global platinum demand. So given that, uh, you know, the automotive sector is very, very uncertain, there may be tighter regulations uh, being brought in around diesel cars, and, you know, that that may require bigger catalyst, so it could be an increasing demand for platinum or you know we could see a decrease in the number of diesel cars produced in which case we'll see a significant drop in the demand for platinum. So that's very, very uncertain but very binary for platinum, so it introduces a lot of uncertainty. And you know, for the time being we know that China is trying to shift to a consumption driven economy, but there's some headwinds to that over the short term and it's taking a bit longer than the People's Bank of China have expected. And on the back of that, we've seen the demand for things like jewelry coming out of China declining. So the two biggest, the two biggest sources of demand for platinum are highly uncertain at best. Um, and, you know, in this time, we're seeing the market being oversupplied by around three to 500,000 ounces over the next three years. Um, and we still see companies like Lonman, uh, you know, doing very, very deep, right, uh, de- deeply discounted rights issues. I mean, one penny a share was approved last week, and they're expected to bring around 700,000 ounces of platinum to the market every year for the next three years. So we're in an already oversupplied market. So we're seeing uh, the miners being uh, given more cash, essentially, to stay afloat in order to bring more supply online. So, you know, unless this dynamic changes, unfortunately we don't see any major tailwinds for the, for, for the metal in the, for, for the foreseeable future. And very briefly, Nadir, what can we look forward to in uh, the net care earnings coming out today? Yeah, look, I mean, the healthcare sector has been a phenomenal performer over the last couple of years. Um, oh, during the half-year results released uh, around six months ago, we saw that uh, profits were up 20%, very strong performance, uh, on the back of improved margins in their South African business, as well as, uh, you know, the correcting of their, their UK operations, which they battled with for a while. Now, you know, those operations in the UK are obviously a lot more competitive um, than their South African operations, and, uh, you know, they are obviously oper- right on that. Uh slightly smaller margins. But, you know, at the end of the day, the UK is an aging population, and uh, it's drawn a lot of investments in the healthcare sector for that exact reason, because of the aging population. And we see Mediclinic is, uh, has also joined that sector now through the purchase of Spire Healthcare. So, all in all, the cash flows around these businesses seem to be fairly certain. Um, their margins in South Africa is very good, and they're supported by fairly decent top-line growth. But the only issue is that they are trading very expensively, Sakina, north of 20 times earnings. So we're going to wait and see what comes out, although it's fairly predictable, and we're going to have to wait and see uh, whether there's sufficient growth in order to warrant that multiple or to start unwinding it over the next couple of years.